Choosing a venue is one of the most important decisions that you will make for your wedding. What questions should you ask? What all is included? What exactly are the vendor guidelines? Join us as we spotlight local venue owner, Alex Honeycutt of The Refinery. You got engaged. Congratulations. Happy? Yes. Joyful time? Of course. Now what? Timelines, to-do list, and checklist? 100%. Don't worry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Ring, The Bling, and All The Things. Hi, I'm Christina Stubblefield, one of your hosts, along with my two good friends, Michael Gaddy and Sharon Rumsey. We have over 50 years of wedding industry experience between us. We have seen it, heard it, done it, and found a way around it. We are here to get you from down on one knee to down the aisle. Our podcast will cover everything from you saying yes to the I do's and all that happens in between. So buckle up and enjoy the journey. Now, let's get started with this episode. Now, before we dive into this episode, I want to give a shout out to our listener of the week, and this is from Anne. Anne, thank you so much for taking time to write a review for us. She says, entertaining and so much great information. Getting married? Already married. Know someone who is getting married. So full of great information coming from vendors who have been in the wedding industry for many years. Time well spent listening to Mike, Sharon, Christina, and their vendors who know their businesses well. Thank you so much, Anne. We would also love to hear from you. Just take a few minutes, hit the subscribe button, and if you like what you hear, write us a review, and we may feature it on one of our upcoming episodes. Now, let's get started with this episode. I've been looking so forward to this episode. Today as our guest, we have one of my absolute favorite people in the local wedding business, Alex Honeycutt. Alex is the owner of The Refinery, a business here in Southern Indiana, and honestly, one of the people that, when I look back on starting my career, reached out to me and was um, one of the most welcoming and kind people that I met when I started my business, and he also is one of the most knowledgeable people that I have met in the wedding business. So I'm going to let him tell a little bit about himself, and we are going to dive into all of his information and pick his brain a little bit. Oh, thank you very much. That was very flattering. Um, my name is Alex Honeycutt, and I do own the refinery. I have been in the wedding business um, since January 2008. Uh, our business has evolved greatly. I have a business partner named Paul, and Paul is, uh, I call him a creative genius. He is pretty spectacular in a lot of aspects, um, but uh, we became friends when we were doing events in college. And we decided when the college told us, no, we couldn't uh, spend money on something we wanted to spend it on, we decided to spend our own money. And we put our money together and we created a business. Uh, And that business, like I said, has evolved over time. We started out doing consultations for coordination and event decor. Um, In 2008, there was no such thing as day of coordination. So it was all full service coordination. Uh, If I could go back in time, I'd change that. Uh, But we worked our butts off and we decided that the best way to get ahead and to kind of uh, diversify our our portfolio uh, was to open a venue. 
And so the hunt began, and it lasted nearly three years of dealing with wow. land. Well, we were in our young 20s. Young 20s. We were in our <laughs> early 20s, and there were a lot of people who didn't take us seriously. Sure. And so we got, uh, I don't know, steamrolled by several landlords. and we, But we finally got our hands on a space, and uh, that worked out for about five years. And, and we opened another one. Um, and that one, once again, four or five years, and uh, there was they, they overlapped a little bit, and we did decor there, and it was great. I've, I discovered that my least favorite thing in the world is loading and unloading a truck, and if you own the <laughs> venue, you don't have to do that, and so that was something that we could offer our guests, our guests, that is something we could offer our clients was uh, decor services on site. And that uh, we discovered was something we were really good at. So uh, we decorated all over the country, but um, focusing on uh, the decorating our home per se was really where we found our niche. So uh, fast forward to a few years ago, uh, a couple years ago actually, and we found the refinery. So we uh, sold and closed our other venues and we uh, focused on the refinery, which was double the size is double the size of any venue that we'd had previously. And it uh, is a place where we can be creative. And so um, we have, we host a lot of events there, but we also decorate a lot of events there. But we definitely believe in an open vendor policy. So we can have people like Mike. I mean, Mike, in the last year, you've been there oh, probably a dozen or more times. It's not more, yeah. Right. Uh, and we like to work with a lot of different vendors. In fact, when people ask for recommendations, I don't just have a list. I don't want to just give out recommendations blindly because I preach that not every client is right for every vendor and not every vendor is right for every client. And so I want to ask some questions from the client uh, even on my tours, so that I can properly direct them where they should go. Um, that's how we really push our open vendor policy. And we've discovered that having an open vendor policy is the key to succeeding in this market. And I know there are a lot of vendors, a lot of venues that like to use a lot of the same vendors over and over again because it's safe and easy. But... It's not very easy to convince somebody to use a vendor they've never heard of or that wasn't recommended to them. Uh, it's a lot easier for somebody to come in and say, well, I had a friend who had a great experience with this vendor. Do you, can we work with them here? And to say yes is the best. I love saying yes. <laughs> I hate saying no. And a close second is yes, but. Yeah. Well, you know, Alex, too, I mean... It, especially with it being your venue. I mean, you know what client, what not clients, but what vendors are good to work with. I mean, you don't want to have vendors in there that comes in and doesn't follow rules and so on. So, I mean, that's, I mean, I understand where you, you don't have to pick and choose your vendors, but when you have to say no, right. So you hate to say no, but you maybe worked with them before or yes. not worked with them before or whatever it may be. So what I like to do is I like to give vendor guidelines. So there are some certain things that a lot of vendors have in common. A lot of great vendors have in common. One of those, very simple, but it could be a red flag. We ask for insured vendors. If a vendor doesn't care enough about their business to have insurance, 
do they care enough about your event to do a good job? Sure. And so I think that's really important. So I want insured vendors. And then, of course, I love experienced vendors. But I remember being the new kid on the block. I remember 13 years ago and a father being, he, he asked us, uh, so we had a father of the bride and he said, so what? You're like 21? Why am I going to give you $20,000 to decorate my daughter's wedding? And the only thing I could come up with was, well, I'm an Eagle Scout. <laughs> and he said, okay, that's all I needed to hear. I found out later he was on the board anyway. But I learned that it's, it's, not, uh, it's not always easy to get started in an industry where experience is king. Because how do you get experience when you don't have any experience? It's the age-old dilemma that a lot of people run into. I think sometimes, too, it's it's the attitude of those vendors as they come in. Because I remember when I was new, I remember meeting with you and touring your previous venue. And I said, there are things I don't know. If I do anything wrong, please tell me. If I forget to do something, please tell me. But I'll work really hard, and I really want to do this wedding. And um, I think that's important, too, that if you are a new vendor, that you're willing to listen and learn from those people that do have more experience. And I'm still, I learn something every wedding, at least one thing, sometimes multiple things at every wedding. Yes, uh, there is a, an old proverb that says, um, a wise man knows that he doesn't know everything. 100%. Well, I know your reputation is top notch. Well, thank you. Because, I mean... You know, we do anywhere from 150 to 200 weddings a year. And I mean, I know I've talked to at least 15 to 20 brides a week. And you're always, always one of the vendors, you know, always the venue of one of my brides. And I always love working with you all. I mean, you you, you let people know when to come in, when to be out, and all that in between. <laughs> and I know yeah. some people get upset with that. But I mean, I understand where you have to have guidelines since you're working with so many week after week. Right. To, to that point, let, let's talk about that real quick, because there's um, a principle that we founded the refinery on. We found our venue, and I, I think that most venues should have, and that uh, principle is transparency. Like there's, there's no shroud as to what rules and regulations there are. Uh, not only is it all on our website, we also send emails to those certain vendors so that if perhaps the guidelines don't fit them, they can let us know mm -hmm. uh, because we can only help somebody with a problem if we know about the problem. Right. Well, and Alex, I know that you've been talking about guidelines and all of that, which is great information. But one thing I don't want to pass over is let's really talk about the refinery and everything that your venue has to offer. It's a beautiful space. For those listening that may not recognize or may not be local to us, the refinery was once known as Kai's for many, many years. I know uh, Kai personally and was an, a very uh, well-known part of the community. And you all came in and transformed it. It took it to a whole nother level. And I'd love for you to share with the listeners what all you all have to offer, because I know you have two different buildings. Right. And bridal suites, me and Sharon got to take a tour recently, and I was so blown away about everything that's there. 
Yeah, so um, I would like to give Kai her dues. Please do. She is she, a fabulous so, person so and she, love her to death. So she opened an event venue at a time when event venues weren't a thing. And she got a lot of flack for that. But she persevered and she laid the groundwork for a lot of other great venues in the city. Um, whether she knows it or not, I have a feeling she knows it. I hope she knows it. Uh, she did. And so um, we, yes, we did a lot of, we did a lot of work to the place, um, but we had a, a good foundation, good bones to build upon. And um, I have to give credit where credit's due. And a great reputation in the community. Yes. Absolutely. For the events and her sidekick, Herbie, who known him for many years, can't say enough about Herbie. And I just think that, you just, you really, with no disrespect at all, you really leveled up what the venue was. You know, I, I really think it's great what you all have done. Well, thank you. Thank you. So um, part of the transformation was cosmetic. Another part of the transformation was in the policies, procedures, and guidelines. So um, we, we definitely believe, I said, in that freedom to choose your own vendors. And that is kind of rare in not just the area, but in the industry. It's hard to find. And yeah. so um, we had to make accommodations for that. And uh, that means that our price, our price point is actually a little higher than our competitors because of that freedom to choose. One of the reasons that a lot of vendors, I keep saying vendors, I mean venues. One of the reasons a lot of venues don't let you choose your vendors is because those vendors have an agreement with the venue. And they may uh, just sign an agreement that says, I will collect 15% and I will give it to you. It's not shady, but it is something that the vendors need to do for the venue. And that's one of the revenue streams that the venue counts on. So we don't like that uncertainty. We don't like to hope that our clients are going to have a fancy meal and spend a lot of money on food. And hopefully we can collect 15% of it. So what we did with our pricing is we made it standard across the board. So it only changes based on the day. Saturday is the most expensive because they are the most in demand, followed by Fridays. And then Sundays are the least expensive of the weekend days. And then, of course, weekdays are half or less. Let's talk about that a little bit. I um, with, with all the reschedules from COVID and all of those kind of things, I've had some clients that they really want this certain venue, but it's booked on a Saturday. It's booked on a Friday. Are you seeing more and more people choose a weekday? Absolutely. Um, I call it the COVID crunch. <laughs> so our, cal like our calendar has become crunched. So I would say, well, it's hard for us to really gauge because we opened less than a year before COVID hit. Okay, so we opened the refinery in May of 2019. And less than a year later, everything was flipped upside down, right? But we still had to reschedule 80 weddings from 2020 to 2021. So that created the COVID crunch. So every Friday, every Saturday, nearly every Sunday <laughs> is booked. I mean, absolutely booked. I can accommodate two weddings at a time. So I have weekends that have seven, eight weddings. And you're like, Alex, but there's only three days and a weekend. Well, Thursday <laughs> is the new Friday. And so we have weddings that are Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we have several weeks back to back where we have seven or eight weddings in a weekend to accommodate all of those moved weddings. 
and where I, I said earlier, got to give credit where credit's due. I have to give credit to the brides. They've been through a lot. Um, and I, I know, I mean, I, I helped plan my own wedding. I know it's stressful and to have to pick up everything and move it. And we've had so many wonderful clients. They don't even, it's, it's like they're trying to help us and we appreciate it very much. It's a lot to juggle, uh, but really great clients make it easier. What are some of the advantages that you see to having a weekday or a non-Friday Saturday wedding? Oh, I love this because Thursdays are totally underrated. So, <laughs> well, a Thursday wedding, first well, first of all, let's talk. First of all, when a bride <laughs> she's trying to pick an unorthodox day, she says, "Well, people have to work." Yeah, all those adults that are coming to your wedding have to work. All those ad- Adults that can plan ahead and ask for a day off work or two days if they like to drink a lot. Um, they that somebody who cares about that couple will be there. You're giving them six months to a year notice. They're going to make the accommodations to be there, even if they have to travel from out of town. Maybe they'll make a whole weekend of it. You Makes come a to, long weekend, right? You come to Love town it. on a Thursday. Um, and then on a Friday, you hang out with your relatives and family and, and Saturday, go see the town. And then you have all day Sunday to travel back home. And you're all refreshed for Monday back at work. You know, the job that was so kind to let you have a couple of days off. I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing. I mean, and really, you, like you said, it could be the new Friday. Well, so your guest. So number one, your guests will be there. Okay. They will be there. And the people who won't be there. Well, thank your lucky stars. You just saved a couple hundred dollars <laughs> on each of their meals. You don't have to decorate for them. That's that's important. This, if somebody um, is willing to do that, then they they definitely care about you. They're making accommodations to be at your wedding. Um, that's that's great. Number two, all of us wedding vendors, a Thursday wedding, that is that is icing on the cake. Okay, we when we planned out our fiscal year, we didn't plan on making money on Thursdays. But now that we get to make money, make money on Thursdays, number one, we don't have to make as much because we weren't planning on working that Thursday anyway. I know we give a discount for Thursdays. Uh, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouths, but I would be willing to bet that some other wedding vendors would also give a discount to a Thursday. I actually have a wedding this year on a Thursday at your venue, and she got quite a hefty discount because I'm able to do her wedding on Thursday and still do my wedding that weekend as well. So it's like a bonus prize for me. Right. Well, and a Thursday wedding uh, is probably a little lower key, too. Right. So it might be a little less work. Uh, not to mention, uh, a bride that's going to have a Thursday wedding may be a little more flexible. And flexibility is the name of the game. If you can be flexible when you're planning your wedding, you can do it with about any budget. Well, I think that's why you all are so busy, for one thing, is because you are you are so flexible. And, uh, you know... You're talking about your prices being a little higher. I mean, I know what your prices are, and I tell you what, I think your prices are great for what you get at your location. That's I mean, the uh, the you know the courtyard and the what do you call it, the south side or oh yeah, so yeah, we have we have the the north, the refinery north, refinery south, the courtyard in the middle, um, and then yes, uh, we did we do have. Uh, spaces for each of those, the north and the south side, for a bride to get ready. I mean, what you get for with the money that you pay for at your venue is amazing. And I think, I can't say anything. I mean, it's above 
and well, beyond thank you. what I, you get there. I have to say, we we got a little bit lucky when Kai retired. Like it was, I mean, it was, it truly uh, fits like a glove. I mean, the space, everything, it was, it's a great design well, and, and it's of, not all me. Sorry. Talking about flexibility too, when I take a bride, you know, when I first get hired and I take a bride for venue tours, one of the things they always love about the refinery First of all, they love the open vendor policy. They don't want to be told who they can hire to do their wedding. But secondly, the venue itself offers so, so much flexibility. If you guys can check it out on refineryevents.com, yeah, therefineryevents.com, the mm-hmm. you'll see the spaces. And if a bride needs the whole thing, she's able to rent the north side, the courtyard, and the south. I just did a wedding this past weekend that did that. But if you're not having as big a guest count or you just want to keep everything in one space, you have the option to just rent one side or the other. You have an option to do an outdoor ceremony in the courtyard. And um, I know as a local wedding planner, I'm super excited because you guys are opening up a third space. We are. Okay. So the COVID crunch. I am on it. Well, that's the thing. The COVID crunch totally filled up our calendar. I have... As many weddings in seven months this year as I would in 12 in a normal year. And so we didn't have any space. People are calling, people are emailing, and we don't have anything to offer them. So while we were twiddling our thumbs being closed for COVID, we decided that we needed to expand. And um, so we are, uh, it's a smaller space. We saw a trend towards smaller weddings. So this this new space, we're calling it the Reserve. And it does only seat 120 people. And when I I give a maximum for a venue, I always take into account a DJ, a dance floor, a bar, and a buffet. I feel like you're not going to have a wedding without at least, at least three of those four items. And so we plan to have all of those in a space. So our, our spaces, and this is something, when you're shopping around for a venue and they tell you the maximum guest count, that you can have, ask them, does that include those four primary things? Can I have a dance floor? Can I have a DJ? Can I have a buffet and a bar? And if you can't have all of those in your room, then then how, what's the maximum number of people I can have all those in the room? Furthermore, in all of our floor plans and our comfortable guest counts, we maintain five feet between tables. This is pre-COVID, okay? Yeah, with COVID, we added an extra foot. We made it six, you know, <laughs> be nice and safe. But five feet, so five feet, so what that does is that gives you the table, a chair, a walkway, another chair, another table. And you can push a cart through there. That gives you like 30 inches of walkway. And if you, no matter how many people you have sitting at a table, if you don't maintain a distance like that, it's going to feel crowded. Very smart. Very smart. Especially when you're decorating the events. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes exactly. It's from table to table. Yeah. Well, and I'm certainly not a floral designer, but I am a fluffy girl. And I do not <laughs> like to be put at one of those tables with 10 chairs at a round <laughs> because I don't want to feel crowded. I want to stretch my elbows and enjoy my food. So I'm with Alex. You don't want to crowd those guests in those tables. Well, 
Now, now let's talk about 10 people to a table. Okay. So I don't like it <laughs> now, but, but a lot of venues in their maximum guest count. In fact, in the maximum guest count, I just gave you for the reserve. I said 120 people. That's 10 rounds or that's 12 rounds of 10. So that's 10 people. I know she's giving and me side eye And they've got 72 folks. inch round tables and not 60 inch round tables. That's, correct. That is not correct. That's not we correct. Stuck, we stuck with oh. the 60. That's okay. okay. That's okay. This is, this is what I tell my clients. So I have a wedding spiel. I give every client before their tour. Um, I tell this is I tell them that the wedding is sixty percent about them, forty percent about their guests. So uh, it's important that yes, they are the most important, but their guests are a big part of this. I always tell them that weddings are steep in tradition, but just because it's always been done, it doesn't mean it has to be done. And on that same note, just because it's never been done before, doesn't mean you can't do it. Well, we've had an episode about that kind of stuff, so that's that's exactly right. right. Well, and Alex, I'm going to tell you something, Sharon. I can't believe she's still sitting in her chair over here because I don't know about you, but her philosophy is all about the girl in the white dress. Right, 100%. <laughs> but I really love how you explain that to someone that comes to the venue because, yes, it's all about them. But there's also people coming to support you, be there, and cherish that day with you. So I love how you explain that. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I follow that up with, there are no stupid questions. I, I, that's, that's the last, the last statement of my wedding speeches. There are no stupid questions that when a bride or groom or both or two brides and two grooms, whoever it may be walks through the door. I don't expect them to know anything. Some people have read every word on our website and that's a lot of words. <laughs> our website is very <laughs> thorough. And then there are some people who don't know anything, not at all. Oh, you can have weddings here? Well, yeah. Isn't that why you're here? <laughs> well, a quick plug real quick. I know we're talking about weddings, but you also allow other events there, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if if you're, willing, you if you're willing to pay, I mean, you can it, do whatever you want. You can have a roller derby. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, when we took the tour and I walked in, and again, I've known Kai and Herbie for many years. When I walked in, that floor... I honestly don't even know what words. I, I'm not a decorator. My husband would say I, I don't have any eye for design. But that floor just really makes the whole space pop. And I, I the market lights, when we took a tour, you had market lights. Right, right. And I've seen some of the chandeliers. Yeah, we've got chandeliers. I'm, I'm just going to be your salesperson right now. For, <laughs> I'm hiring. It's just, <laughs> it's just a... It's just a way to level up their event based on their budget. Not every person has to get chandeliers from you or market lights right. or this, but you have those options for people with however they want to customize their event. Right. Well, one thing that you were very smart about back, you know, two or three years ago, all you saw was barn weddings, barn weddings, barn weddings. Oh, yeah. And now that barn wedding trend is still there, but they're taking it and adding a crystal chandelier. They're adding draping. They're adding, you're, they're making that barn venue look more romantic. And that is what you all have done. And I love that. You, not that it's a barn at all, but they give you that rustic feel where you've got that wood floor, you got those fabulous wood beams, and then you go in there and hang those crystal chandeliers. I mean, I think that is 
one of the most amazing places I've seen for a while. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. That's Thank the you. words I didn't have. So that okay. I told you I didn't know. <laughs> and Alex, didn't it sound so much better the way he said I mean, it? He said some Romantic. really great things. Now I don't want to think that we're knocking on the like the barn. Like there's nothing no, wrong no, with the barn. No, not at wedding. all. There's not at all. The barn um, that being said, there's a lot to be said about having heat, air conditioning. Definitely. Definitely. Again, for the fluffy wedding planner, we do appreciate the AC. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, that is, I would say, the that is something. When you're shopping around for a venue, it's not a stupid question. Do you have air conditioning? Do you have heat? What's the room set at? What's the temperature? We found personally in this area, 68 degrees is the absolute optimal temperature, whether it's summer, winter. If it needs to be heated to 68, we heat it to 68. If it needs to be cooled to 68, it's cooled to 68. But that is something to ask your venue when you go on that tour. I know another thing I always ask, and Alex is probably going to laugh at me, but when I go on a venue tour, I always say that I have to use the restroom because I want to see the restroom because you're going to show me this beautiful ballroom or, or whatever I'm looking at. And then if I go in and it's an icky bathroom, I don't want any part of that. I, I don't like the bathroom I think the bathroom should reflect the venue. I think they should be nice for your guest as well. Right. Let's let's address the bathrooms very right. quickly. Because in the renovation process, uh, the restrooms are kind of on the lower items on the list because they don't make you any money. <laughs> the restroom doesn't show up in a magazine. Just flush it. Just flush it well, that's the thing. If the restroom <laughs> works, if the restroom is functional... That's really the primary concern. But your restrooms are nice. They're They're not icky. They're nice. They're not icky. (laughs) But you might also feel like you're in a different decade. And I, I would love to update them. But I feel that my money is better spent in other areas. Because they do work great. They do. I've, I've seen them work great. I've been to some <laughs> venues that don't have a restroom. You have to, like, bring your own restroom. So I'm happy if there's a bathroom and it's clean and it functions. Well, I'm happy, girl. Well, we can talk about outdoor outdoor events. There's. Can, can you ask her about the time that she had to work on the restroom trailer? I think that would be great, Alex, if you ask her about that, please. <laughs> have you, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, if you guys are all long-time <laughs> listeners, I think Sharon's told this story before, right? I have, and let's just say it was less than pleasant, and I will not do it again. You say it was a poopy experience. <laughs> it was a poopy experience, yes. Okay. All right. Um, but I'm going to say, Alex, though, when we took the tour, I think your money was much better spent on, I don't want to say it incorrectly, I believe you call them the bridal suites. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's... Well, we only we call them lounges for one purpose, and that is because it, it's a, it's inclusivity. We we want to be inclusive of any gathering. Uh, it could be. Um, I'm, I'm not talking about just um, same sex weddings. I'm talking about a quinceanera, or it might even be a green room for a band. Uh, it could be um, we have one couple that's using it just for a. Um, a uh, a nursing area mm-hmm. for for new mothers. That's awesome. You can't. You, I mean, you can't leave a newborn home no matter what. I mean, if the the baby's you're three weeks mm-hmm. old, you got to feed the baby, and mom might need to see real people. And you know all about that, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> My son, yes, he's I'm going on eight months old now. Uh, uh, he's and, a doll. Well, thanks, thanks. Uh, I. I can only take half the credit though. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that does come up a lot. I've had. Um, 
like like listeners have heard us say before, wedding days usually start eight o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning with hair and makeup, and they go till midnight. And I actually just this past weekend had a bridesmaid who was nursing her baby, mm-hmm. and I had to allow her time in the timeline and a place to go pump. So that it is very important. Yeah, um, I I did want to circle back around. We were talking about potties, <laughs> which is now in my vocabulary. <laughs> Uh, actually, I mean, it's mostly because of my dog, though. Uh, <laughs> you should ask if your venue is pet friendly. I like a good pet friendly venue. Good uh, idea. But let's talk about outdoor venues for a second, because indoor venues aren't the only ones around, right? There's a lot of outdoor weddings that happen, no matter how stressful they might be. Uh, Mother Nature doesn't care about your wedding. She does not. Uh, but when you're shopping for an outdoor venue, there are the three P's. I learned this from a planner a long time ago. She said... Uh, Power, parking, potties. And I, I always remember that. So when we were young and naively planning weddings uh, for clients who dare trust us with their money, and I do appreciate all of them that did. Um, we did a great job. It was awesome. Uh, but that was something that we would always look for whenever we were trying to find the right venue for our client. Does this venue have these things? And if they don't, how much is it going to cost for us to get them? Because all of those you can buy. You can buy every single one of those. So recap that. Power, par- parking. Uh, parking, and potties. Yep, the three P's. That's, that's good. I actually love that tip because I'm doing an event right now. And it's on private property, which you would think would save you a ton of money. But we have rented a fancy, fancy restroom trailer. Does it have chandeliers? It does. Boom. (laughs) And it has a person that comes with it, so I don't have to climb under it should there be a malfunction. (laughs) Is it a personal wiper? (laughs) 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. They also have installed, had an electrician come out and had to install two new electrical panels. To support this event, and they are getting gravel poured for parking. So, um, whoever that well, wedding I'm glad planner to see was, that because I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's good. Whoever that wedding planner was, kudos to her because she's very smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it ends up it doesn't always save you a ton of money. No, actually, a building your own venue outside, basically what you're doing, uh, could cost you more. I mean, even if it's on private property or if you pay $400 to get a permit at the park, Um, there are a lot of different types of venues. And uh, when it comes down to it, a venue that specializes in the type of event that you want to hold will be the better value. Even if on the front end you think it sounds more expensive or it looks more expensive because I'm having a wedding, it's the wedding pricing, it's more than the you know regular thing. Well, as a wedding, you're expecting higher level service. You're expecting certain amenities, and that venue has been tailor-made to provide those amenities to you that you are expecting. There are certain venues that may not be for weddings, and they sound much less expensive on the front end until you realize that you have to add in all of these extras to get the things that you need to make the event the way you always thought it would be. That's very good advice right there. No Betty in the basement. No Betty in the basement, exactly. (laughs) I mean, you know, shoot for the stars and and don't try to pull it out of your butt by yourself. So, Alex, if I'm a brand, if I'm newly engaged and I'm looking for my venue, what are some of the questions that I should ask on my venue tour? The first thing you should be looking for for a venue is availability, okay? Don't 
call a venue or email a venue and say, my wedding is this date in September. I'd like to come for a tour. Do you have a venue for that day? (laughs) Are you sure it's that day? Um, And sometimes it's just a matter of wording. But there are a lot of people who think that if they call a year out, that day is going to be available. And there are a lot of venues that book well over a year out. Now, we limit it to two years because um, once you start booking further out than that, you're playing a really, really weird game with the future. And you have a lot of unknowns that can happen between now and three, four years in the future. I don't even know what price things are going to be then. Right. Right. So uh, the first thing would be have a date range in mind. Know what season you want to get married in. Do I want to have a summer wedding? Do I want to have a fall wedding, spring? That's what you need to know. So then you're looking at a three- or four-month range, and a venue can work with that. So it's best if the venue picks the date for you. You give them a month. I want to get married in September. What are you available? Right. Or when are you available? You could even say, yeah, I want to get married in July... Uh, July, August, September. What Saturdays do you have available in July, August, September? And the answer might not be, it might, it might, it might be zero. But then you can look at other days. Like I said, um, usually Saturdays will book first, and then Fridays, and then Sundays, and then a weekday. And, and back to the weekday, if you want a particular day, let's say you want to get married on your, your grandmother's birthday, and it happens to fall on a Wednesday, go for it. Why not? The day, that, that day means more to you. And like I said, your guests will be there. I agree. Good, I good tip. Good tip. That's excellent. What else should I ask? You should, um, capacity. You want to have a good idea of your guest list before you go. So when a, a, when a client walks in to the refinery for a tour, they have already... At, they've already told us when they want to get married and we've already given them availability and they've already kind of given us a, a preliminary guest count. I go over those things again. It's like, how many people are you expecting at this wedding? And they're like, oh, you know, 250. My follow-up question, are you inviting 250 people or do you want 250 people to be here? Because about 80% of the guests you invite will show up. 75 to 80. And if you're not a very nice person, maybe only 50. <laughs> I've seen it happen before. I have too, many times. And and there are some people that are just overplanning. It's not that they're not nice people; they're just too nice. They're planning Mm -hmm. on more people. Like Mm -hmm. they're planning on like the whole church coming. Right. Yeah. Uh, So there's that. Uh, I would also have. uh, I would hope that you would know how much the venue costs before you even schedule your tour. That should be in your inquiry. You should, if you don't know from the website, you should ask that venue before scheduling the tour about how much am I looking to spend at your venue? Like, how much is it going to cost me? And if they have a food and beverage minimum of $20,000 and your whole budget's $25,000, you should probably look somewhere else. And that doesn't mean that you don't, you're not going to have a great wedding. There are lots of weddings planned for lots of different budgets. It just means it's not a good fit for you. I was just going to say this, the information that you're sharing with people, if you're planning your event and just getting started, you've supplied great tips and things that how you've worded them. I really think people are, it's going to be able to resonate with people and they're really going to be able to take away quite a bit of that because, you know, you get so caught up in the planning and the this and the that, but there's some really basic things. And most of the time, everyone suggests you've got to find a place first. That's the first thing on the list. Yes. And 
that uh, that is why um, we actually don't have to spend very much money marketing these days because people seek out a venue and they seek it out uh, feverishly. They, um, it doesn't matter if you're on the first page of Google. If you're on the fifth page of Google, that bride will find you uh, because uh, brides, especially today and my generation, the generation after me, we are researchers. We will search and search and search until we get the information that we want. Um, we will search for the answer we want to find. <laughs> <laughs> I know some other things that I always look at when I'm with a client on a venue tour is what's included. Are tables and chairs included or am I going to have to rent those? Are linens included? Is that something that you always go over on a tour? Absolutely. Absolutely. I always point out the, the chair. So there are there are three big items that you need to consider in a room for the way the room is going to look, whether it is a gymnasium or a ballroom. The chairs. Okay. There are just as many chairs in that room as there will be people. That's a big thing. Okay. So make sure the chairs are nice. They're going to be in every picture, whether you like them or not. So you better like them. Good tip there. All right. The tables. The tables are the biggest items in the room. How are you going to decorate them? What shape are they? What colored linen goes on them? That color better be a color in your wedding because it's going to be in every picture. Do enough tables come with to accommodate your guest count? I just had that happen a couple of weeks ago. I had to rent tables because a venue only supplied two six-foot tables and I needed 11. Well, I will say that that has been one of my pet peeves in the past because we were event designers before we were venue owners. So there were certain things that went into mm -hmm. opening the venue. One of those, we wanted to provide enough equipment for the room for you to absolutely max it out. If it can seat 350 people, I want 350 chairs. Yes. If it can hold 35 tables, I want 35 tables. And I may not use them, but I want them available to me. And so that's, that's important. The third item that is very important for the look and feel of a venue, like I said, whether it's a gymnasium or a ballroom, is lighting. Okay. Does the light dim? Is there enough lighting? Am I going to have to hire a DJ to bring in up lighting? What are we going to do for lighting? Because lighting, that is exactly how the room is perceived. I've had a, a bride come to me and she said, I don't like the color of the walls in this room. I said, no problem, because I can control what color light bounces off of that wall and I can control what color you perceive it as. You know, something else that, that you all do that I love, because like I said, since I do so many weddings over there, I'll have brides come to me and say, oh, Mike, I saw this picture and they've got these beautiful hanging arrangements and these crystal chandeliers. And can you do that? And I automatically go right back to them and says, anything that's hanging in the refinery, they have to do. And I and I think that's perfect. I think that's amazing because I don't want to even have to worry <laughs> with that. But I know that's in your and then in your contract that well, you so hang we, everything. Right. So you'll run into this with, with a lot of venues. So when you hang things at a venue, uh, you're getting into a situation of liability. Yeah. So um, and it's hap it's even happened locally where uh, somebody has hung something large from the ceiling and during dinner it falls right over the dance floor. Yeah. And I won't that say... That would scare the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that company doesn't do that anymore. They don't, they don't work there anymore. Um, and, but I'm not you know, going to mention any names right. or locations or anything. Uh, but it's important that something hanging over your guest's head is secure. Yeah. And so 
Uh, yes, we have to hang anything in our venue. That doesn't mean we have to create what's hung. I'll give a price to hang anything. So, um, so I just learned something. So if I created something, not that I will do this because I'm not into that, <laughs> but if I created something and then I would work with you to have it hung. Right, right. Mm. And a lot of hotel ballrooms are like this too. You have to work with a certain union mm -hmm. um, organization that uh, usually a lighting or AV company, and there are certain ways to hang things in, in ballrooms, and you have to work with them to do it. And it's not cheap. None of, none of that is ever cheap because... You get what you pay for. Well, if you yeah. want the look, you've got to pay for it. Right. And you're taking into account the equipment required to hang it, the uh, skill required to hang it. The training it. of those people to make it safe. Yeah. yeah. The the price of the liability insurance that they, they're covered. I mean, I've got great insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I will never be underinsured. That's that insurance yeah. is very important. That's what I, I that's one of the first things I talked about. That's a whole nother episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually was at your venue this past Saturday night and those market lights in the, the south, I had those on just about every setting there was. We had them up for dinner, we dimmed them to dance, we turned them a little bit higher for toast. We uh so I appreciate being able to to control that lighting a little bit. You've given us some amazing, amazing information. Like, we appreciate it so much. I'm going to tell you what. You will not want to miss this episode on YouTube. So for those of you that are listening, don't forget you can head over to our YouTube channel and watch this. Alex was really excited when he came in to know that we were video recording this, weren't you? I tell you what. That's uh, yeah, it was so exciting. Um, <laughs> it, it almost prompted me to dress up, but but another important thing about venue shopping appearances. Okay, I I don't want to. I don't. I don't want the um, the bait and switch. Okay, I I don't dress up for my tours. I don't. I wear I wear blue jeans and a polo for almost every one. I'll testify to that. He does not. Yeah. <laughs> this it's my unofficial uniform, and it's not that I don't want my clients to think that I'm serious about it, but I don't want them to get the idea that I'm selling something that's grander or fancier than it is. We are in a brick building with exposed bricks, exposed beams. I don't want to show up in a three piece suit. So it's not that I don't care about your event, and it's not that I'm not taking you seriously. It's just I want it all to feel natural. Now, if I went to a hotel and I was shopping for a, a ballroom and the sales rep came to me in jeans and the polo, I would ask them if they worked there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, And so I, I feel that that, that, is, that is important. That, that transparency I talked about. Super important. And look, I'm continuing the interview even after I tried to cut it off. <laughs> Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on social media, how they can get a hold of the refinery if they do want to book a tour. Okay. So um, like a lot of vendors or venues, especially when things are very busy, we appreciate email the most. Absolutely. And um, our website is www the refiner you gotta say at info at, it's info at. yeah our email address is info info at the refinery events.com 
Alex, I'm going to speak on behalf of Mike and Sharon. I know we've already said this multiple times, but this was fabulous. And I hope that somewhere down the line, you will come back and join us for another episode because I think there's even more things that we can touch on. I mean, it took me almost seven minutes to get here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish we were closer. Right. Okay, for all of our listeners out there, Please go and check out The Refinery. I'm sure you can find them on social media, like Alex mentioned. Yes, or Facebook, Instagram, we are there. Their website. And don't forget, you can go to our YouTube to check out the video recording of this. But to all of our listeners, we greatly appreciate you. If you've liked what you've heard, you know someone getting married, please take a moment and share it with them. Also, you can always visit our website, theringtheblingandallthethings.com, for past episodes or to listen to this one, as well as on your favorite podcasting platforms. So we hope that we will hear from you. We can't wait to see your feedback on this episode. And just make sure you take a few minutes and write us a review. Until next time, everyone stay safe. Thank you so much, Alex. Thanks, we really Alex. appreciate it. Well, Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Ring, The Bling, and All The Things. If you like what you heard, make sure to hit the subscribe button to get notified of upcoming episodes. You can also visit our website, The Ring, The Bling, and AllTheThings.com for past episodes. And make sure to connect with us on social media. If you would like to help us get the word out about this podcast, make sure to share with your family, your friends, and anyone you know in the wedding business.